Welcome to the Simply Authentic Podcast with Angie and Tanya, where we hope to inspire you to dream big and push past your fear, empower you to take charge of your own life, and challenge you to be the most authentic self you can be. Authentic Podcast. I'm Angie Mullings. And I'm Tanya Murfin. Friendships, connections, finding your tribe or your girl gang, whatever you want to call it, we all need it. We weren't supposed to go through this life all alone and without the support of others. So we yearn for others like ourselves. We, our people, the people we trust and feel safe with, people who will back us no matter what, just because they believe in us. How do we find them? If we've been burned, how do we trust again? How do we get rid of the toxic to make room for the healthy? So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So Tanya, here's my beef, sort of. Okay. You know, I'm a shopper. I love to shop. I do know that about you, Angie. I love me some fashion and some shoes and, and talk about, you know, everyday things, but I think what we want to talk about today is much deeper conversation, a much right. deeper connection, because I think we, a lot of us yearn for, to talk about deeper things like religion and politics and you name it, all all array of subjects. Do you yes. feel the same? Agree with you. I think for me, especially in the last five years of my life, friendships have been imperative to my everyday living, Mm -hmm. because I went through a divorce about five or six years ago. And when, when you have a big life change like that, I think that we just naturally, our natural instinct is emotional, right? Mm -hmm. And raw, and you're looking on either in the beginning, in the middle, in the end of a divorce, you're looking for something, you're looking for lots of things. But I'll use that as an example of finding a new tribe when I was going through my divorce. So my daughter, my oldest daughter was dating a young man from Nixa. Mm -hmm. And although I grew up with his father, his mom and I became really good friends. We we all, you know, became very good friends when mm-hmm. our kids were dating. It's mm-hmm. like an extended family. Mm-hmm. And in the in the beginning of my divorce, Chantel, which is Spencer's mom, she had a group of friends from Nixa because all of their children grew up in Nixa. My kids went to Ozark. So I didn't know any of these other women. And she invited me one day in the very beginning of my divorce to a pool party. Mm -hmm. And all of these ladies were there. And so I affectionately refer to them now as the twerk team. The twerk team. And okay. that, <laughs> that came from a, uh, we used to go to the summer house of one of the girls' family members, and they had a pool, and, and we stayed for the whole weekend. Uh-huh. And it, 
there was some twerking that went on gotcha. the first year mm. that I attended. And so we <laughs> labeled ourselves the twerk team. Gotcha. I personally cannot twerk, but I uh, <laughs> just want to give that disclaimer out there. You'll never, ever see me twerk. But anyway, uh, the point being that that was a group of friends I didn't know I needed at that time. Mm-hmm. And they were, they weren't the friends that I needed to talk about my divorce with. Mm-hmm. They were my escape from the yes. divorce. Yeah. So in thinking about preparing for this episode, that group of friends and ladies that I love all of them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and know what they provided me at that time in my life, yes. that I had a huge change and I just needed an outlet and a group of people that I didn't have to be serious with mm-hmm. and I didn't have to talk about my divorce because... Other than Chantel, most of them didn't really know me at all. Mm-hmm. So although things might come up about what I was going through or, or what have you, it, the friendship wasn't, they didn't know. So what yeah. they didn't know, I didn't have to tell. Right. And it was right. my escape. Yeah. So, so yeah. yes, uh, I think that, that friendships and tribe and, and at different times in our life, we need, we have a different need and we're looking for something different mm-hmm. and may, and maybe sometimes we're not even looking and we come upon another group of friends or another tribe. Right. Right. And we all grow, we age, we evolve. And as you said, that group of friends was, was your fun outlet. They, they, you probably, your conversations probably were more surface, if you will. Yeah. You weren't there to have a discussion about politics or yeah. religion or whatever. No. And that's not what you needed nope. at the time. Nope. So, but it filled the need, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into other friendships and when mm-hmm. we need friendships and and something when you think of that when you think of a tribe mm-hmm. what comes to your mind right out of the gate yeah <laughs> what group of friends comes to your mind right and and the the tribe that comes to mind immediately when when I talk about this is it started when I joined Sertoma I actually helped to start Queen City Sertoma. And this was 20, I don't know, 20 plus years ago, because I was in Sertoma for for 20 years. Mm. At the time, I wasn't really look, I was young, new in my career, um, didn't need I had I had realtor friends, I had friends from high school and college and wasn't necessarily looking for another tribe of friends. Mm -hmm. However, a friend of mine, very good friend of mine, someone at work mentioned that this group of ladies was getting together and they were going to start this organization. There were other Sertoma groups in Springfield. They weren't women only. Mm-hmm. They were mostly, they were men only, as a matter of fact. So there was no place really for women to serve. And if you don't know, Sertoma, their main function is to raise money for the Boys and Girls Club. Okay. So great um, opportunity for women to come together and and have a a great charity to support. Sure. So the mission was yeah. on point. It was yeah. great, and I really didn't go with any anticipation of joining that group. But I went just for fun. Um, we met at Cartoons. If you're familiar with oh, yes. Cartoons, I remember that. And we met there, and I thought, okay, great. I'll go have dinner and a drink, and yeah. you know, it'll be great fun. Yeah. But what bonded bonded us was that need to serve, that Mm -hmm. um, really deep desire to give back. And I didn't even know it was there. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was there when we started. 
And I, that led to so many things. I met so many women, you know, people, no matter what the group is, um, whether it's this organization that is doing good or it's, it doesn't matter what it is. There's always attrition, right? People come and go for different reasons and not necessarily because something's bad in the group. It just doesn't fit their need or their, their life at the time. Yep. But through that, I met so many wonderful women. I served on the Chili Cook-Off Committee for about 12 years and got to see how a large fundraiser functioned, sure. which was great learning for me. Oh, I bet. And the ability to learn, that that led to my leadership at the board. It was, it was pre my board involvement. Okay. And so I was president of that organization. But I, the main point, the main takeaway from, from this was that from that, I have six or seven friends that were, they're just my besties. We mm-hmm. travel together. We do things together. Those were long lasting relationships that were built from that organization. <clears throat> and I really never thought I would leave. I never thought I would not be a Queen City, Queen City Sertoma member, mm-hmm. but Again, we evolve, we change, yeah. and at some point, still a great organization. I still support everything that Sertoma does, but it just wasn't right for me anymore. There were other yeah. challenges, other things I needed to do, and so I left the tribe. It was it was hard because again, I was we met every Monday night. It was part of my routine. Right. I was yeah. going to this. I knew I'd be surrounded with by a bunch of great women, and yet there was still something missing. So I needed to move on. Yeah. I needed to do something different. And so as hard as it was, again, I, I just had to cut ties. Again, still yeah. support, but cut ties from that. So what what do you think age had to do with that? So <clears throat> if you started it when you were mm. 30-ish? 30-ish, probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, at the end of it, the mm-hmm. last 12 years, you had helped with the chili cook-off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're a 30-year-old Angie. Yeah. And yeah. a 40-year-old Angie and a 50-year-old Angie. Right. Those are different ladies. Absolutely. In, in my view, and I say that based on myself. Yeah. Because those women of my past compared to who I am today, totally different person, you know, yeah. different Tanya. So yeah. how much do you think age had to do with... Age and who you were had to do with I need to I need to close this chapter and move right I, absolutely probably a hundred percent yeah I was own, I didn't own a business when it, I'm a realtors realtors are entrepreneurs yeah so even if you don't own a brokerage you're still an entrepreneur you own your own business yeah. but as a broker we have more responsibilities we have people that we have to answer to and I wasn't that when I got started sure. I I think I needed a different challenge. I needed, yeah. there's always got to be something. I can't just do work. Yeah. I've got to do something else. I've yeah. got to give back. I've got to participate in something. I've always been like that. So I think at the time I thought I've, maybe I thought I'd outgrown that group. Honestly, I think it's, I need a different challenge. I've done mm-hmm. everything I can for this group. Yeah. I've given as yeah. much as I can to this group. So now it's time for me to go find a different tribe. Yeah. And that's what led to my, again, my my leadership. I, I guess they crossed paths a little bit. They overlapped a little bit. But really, in terms of of the leadership roles I took on at the board, they they came after. Okay. So I needed a different tribe. Yeah. And I, and I went and found one. So 
Do you think that you ever morph into someone different depending on which friend group you're with? Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. Give, give me an example. Well, I think just in general, we I'm just I'm not just podcast personality Angie right right I'm I mean that's your new hat that, <laughs> that is my new hat and you actually yeah. do have a hat on today <laughs> <I do>. so <laughs> <laughs> but you know we all have different facets of our personality and not every friend group is going to be there is this thing about acceptance right mm-hmm. we want we have a deep need to be accepted mm-hmm. and we need people that our that's hard to say, are our people. Are our, yeah. Yes. People so that we know that we can be, we're in a safe space. Yes. We can say what we need to say. We can ask questions to grow ourselves. And and maybe you know something better than, than you know some topic better than I do. And the only way for sure. me to get more knowledgeable about that is to ask questions. Right. But I've got to be in a safe space and, and feel like I won't be rejected if I ask the question. Right. So in terms of morphing, I think we all do that. I think yeah. we 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 feel like we have it may be a it may be a response that that we feel like we have to make uh, again coming back to rejection. If we don't morph into the right person for True. this group. Yep. And I think that's okay to some degree. I also think that there's times when that's that in itself is toxic. It's not the mm-hmm. right if you have to morph yourself so much to fit into a group. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it? Is it? Are you really, really being yourself? You're not being genuine. your authentic self, for no, sure. No, you're not. Yeah. Um, I think that in our business, mm-hmm. in that world, we often have to come and sit at the table, especially using the leadership at the board as an example. You wear your professional hat in, mm-hmm. right? Right. We, you know, depending on why you're there and what you're doing while you're there. Right. If it's a board meeting, you're walking into, you know, a, a large table of twelve seats, and you're mm-hmm. conducting business. Right. So you wear a certain hat in there, mm-hmm. and so whoever's at that table might be. It might be a tribe of sorts, but it's not one you gathered together. It's one that someone else or an organization has gathered together. So I think that in our profession, we often do walk in the door with our professional hat on. And it might not be like, funny, Tanya, or have a good time, Tanya, or... Or raw Tanya, right, you know, it's right. it's just whatever we need to be in that circumstance. Right. But in in terms of friendship, you you automatically are just someone else when it comes to sitting around a table with your friends. Right. So we so I think to your point of morphing into someone else, sometimes professionally that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. But then, if you are in a group of friends. And you're going to a happy hour and you're sitting around the table all having a cocktail. Mm-hmm. If you have to turn yourself into someone mm-hmm. else for that group of friends, mm-hmm. you're probably sitting at the wrong table. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's not your tribe. No. And, you know, I would probably have to sit here for a minute to think about somewhere that that I've been that I could use that example. But obviously we've all probably been in that situation mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. probably drink that drink quickly and you're like, okay, peace out. I right. got to go. Right. And you think to yourself as you're walking out, not my people. Right. Yeah. And I think, 
I think our younger selves struggled with that a lot more. We yeah. become more confident, Agreed. more set in in understanding who we are and being confident in who we are and yeah. what we know. And but I think that it happens to to all of us. And if you are walking into a room, first of all, there's expectations. So sure. back to your your thought about sitting around the table. The expectations around that table are that you're going to be professional. It's an expectation of professionalism. I have to look a certain way. I have to act a certain way. I can't say everything that's on right. my mind. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to be diplomatic about the way I put things. Yeah. So I have to be careful about my wording. And that's exhausting. It is. You know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't take anything for my time in the leadership journey right. that I've had. But you can't be on all the time. No. That's exhausting. But what 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 does come from that is the relationships like what we've built. So you're yeah. in that room because you were chosen to be in the room and to sit around the table and have a discussion and and you're there for a very meaningful purpose. But then you take as you're having those discussions, you start picking out people around the room that I I think we could have a really good conversation. Right. I think I have something to learn from that person. Right. And then that's what leads to the tribe that you have right. outside of that boardroom or whatever space you happen to be in. That's right. Yeah. You either make the time to get together with that person outside of the business, mm-hmm. conducting the business, or you you feel uh, very at at uh, at home sending them a text, you right. know, saying whatever, making making that relationship into more than just we meet in the boardroom once a month. Mm-hmm. So I'll use um, you and I as an example here. Okay, when you and I met each other, we didn't know one another, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we sat at the same table for for years what it ended up being for probably five or six years maybe Mm -hmm. yeah and I would say it took me several of those years from from my perspective to get to know you well enough where I knew that I could send you that text Mm -hmm. or call you afterwards and say hey I have some additional thoughts on this Mm -hmm. Uh, what do you think about that right I think that you, you and I are a lot alike in that we probably aren't out searching for new friendships all the time. Right. Right. We're at an age that we are are hesitant, probably, mm-hmm. to take on new friendships because we just don't have the time for it. Right. Yeah. And by that, I mean friendships that involve more than just going to a meeting and leaving and, you know. Right. So... By our volunteerism, we ended up in the same places over and over and over. So the the once a month board meeting turned into a couple of events that we ended up at, and mm-hmm. hey, save me a seat, and mm-hmm. you know, and us just getting to know each other more on a on a friendship level. But I still think that we it took us several years to to call ourselves friends. Maybe is yeah. that too strong? No, no, I think I agree with that. Yeah. However, I will say about you that you don't speak unless there's something smart or <laughs> or worth or worth saying. You you don't 
you're not going to open your mouth unless you have a, a logical thought mm -hmm. to whatever the discussion is. Otherwise, you keep your mouth shut. Yes. And I think that my um, emulating you maybe as mm -hmm. I was coming up that leadership mm -hmm. trail behind you, I not that I was always blabbing out what I was thinking because that's just not me, but yeah. I but I did learn the difference between being conservative with what you have to say versus just asking questions or saying something just to be saying something. Right. And, and to know when when's the right time. So right. I think um, your just your the way you carry yourself and the way you conduct business and and then the way they were friends now mm -hmm. there was a, a respect built over time so I think that that's another way you know you're not going to be immediate friends with everybody right nor do you need to be no. but it's no. another way that you have to work yourself into a friendship sometimes yeah yeah and I think that Again, we live in a society where we want instant gratification, right? Sure. So if you, and I'll, I'll make a couple of points about that. I, I, whether it's leadership or friendship or what it is, I think there's something to be said for just the art of listening. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And I learn so much when I listen. Yes. And I think that's what a lot of people, if someone, if a friend comes to me with a problem, I don't think they're looking to me to solve the problem. They may want some sort of a recommendation sure. or something like that. But really, I just think they want an ear. Yeah. They want a shoulder. They want sure. an ear. And you're and a good listener. And, and that's what I think that was developed over time. Yeah. And I honestly think I developed that in the boardroom. Yeah. And if you've no slam against men, because I love me some men, but when you sit in a room full of men... They really want to be, there's something about them, maybe it's testosterone, I don't know what it is, but Probably. they want to be the one, they need to speak. They have right. an, uh, an innate um, need to, to speak. And even if it's already been said, like if they don't say something at that table, right. they're, they're the weak link. Yeah. And I never thought that. I never thought if I sit here and don't say something, I never thought I'm the weak link. Right. If I don't have something a value to contribute, why would I open my mouth? I right. can sit here and nod my head and say, that tells them I agree. Right. I don't have to say something. No. And I think there's power in that. I and I, the other thing I think that says, again, whether it's in a leadership role or friendship or whatever it is, I think if you're not the person who always has something to say, when you do say something, it holds a lot more weight. Yes. And I think that's why I liked you because... Mm -hmm you didn't speak unless there was something to say a value yeah, yeah. so yeah. i i knew we could be fast friends yeah <laughs> and here we are and here we are so we we've talked a little bit about um the expectation of friendship yes the expectations that that some people put on us and either we don't live, live up to their expectation or it's too much pressure and we need to get we need to get out of that mm -hmm. or we recognize that it's not the girl gang or tribe for us mm -hmm. and sometimes we're so intricately 
lace together that it's really hard mm-hmm. to get rid of that toxic. And and it doesn't even have to be really toxic. It may just be, again, that you've outgrown it. You've morphed into sure. something else. Sure. You need something else from a fin- friend group. Um, and I think that that takes courage. Yeah. It takes courage to leave because then that maybe means that you are not, you're alone. Yeah. Yeah. So who's, what friends are you going to go shopping with, with and, on Saturday. Yeah, and wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you saying that reminds me of a podcast that I was listening to this week. And there's an author, her name's Erin Falconer. And she wrote the book, How to Break Up with Your Friends. Oh, great. And I've not read the book, but this uh-huh. in this podcast, she was talking about it. And she was, she labels in the book that there's eight or 10 types of friends. Okay. So she names... A couple of the types, a uh, legacy friend. So that would be a friend that, that you grew up with probably mm, and yes. has known you since you were a very young age. They know all your high school sneaking out stories. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that that would be a friend that just might know you best at a younger age. Maybe they don't know you best now at this age. Right. The fixer friend. So mm-hmm. you have a problem you call the fixer friend because yeah. you know that he or she is going to have all kinds of solutions they're going to throw at you and and one might stick. Mm-hmm. You have the creative friends. So if you have an idea spitballing, hey, I've got this new idea, I want to start this new business or I'm going to start teaching my child how to potty train. What do you think about mm-hmm. this? Do you, What mm-hmm. do you know? Um, a nurturing friend when you need to when you're just having a terrible time or a terrible day, you need to vent and you need somebody to give you a hug Mm -hmm. and cheers you and say, amen, sister. Yeah. Yeah. The fun friend, the friend you call to have fun. You don't need to talk about anything heavy. You Mm -hmm. need to go out and have a great time and Mm -hmm. maybe not think or talk about the topic. Right. Right. So I, I found it interesting that she, she, she labeled all the friends and it made me start mm. thinking about different friendships that I have with people and what I would maybe label them. Mm-hmm. She also said for her, her belief is, and obviously she's done research on this, that to have a tribe, you would need five to eight friends in that tribe. So there would be a a a larger number than five to eight might be too many, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. you get too many opinions. right? And that it would depend on if those people were introverts or extroverts. So you could have three people in a tribe or you mm-hmm. could have eight people in a tribe. Mm-hmm. According to her research, it takes 200 hours to form a close, intimate friendship. Interesting. You believe that? I believe that. I believe that if... Again, depends on what you're looking for, right? True. If but you you use the words close, intimate friendship, right? Yes, I I absolutely think that. Especially, I think we tend to be a little guarded, and and again, letting ourselves be our authentic mm-hmm. selves. It's going to take a minute to to let somebody in enough to have that deep connection. Agree. Yeah. And I think at different times in your life, kind of like I referenced in the beginning you're looking for a different type of friendship. So mm-hmm. in high school, you you have your friends, right? Yeah. You have your group of friends, depending on how... And it's luck of the draw, right? It, it's whoever true. you're there yeah. with. Yeah, exactly. Whoever you've grown up with, whoever's yeah. there. 
Then you move on to college, mm -hmm. and you know you're going to make new friends, mm -hmm. right? But I think for me at that time in my life, I think I was just ready for a change, you right. know, like, yes. and living here and going to school here, I didn't mm -hmm. go away to school like you did. Mm -hmm. So I, some of my friends just kind of went with me from same. high school to college. Yes. So they were the same. But I also, I worked at Trotters mm -hmm. in Springfield. You okay. remember that? Yeah, I do. And there were lots of fun girls that worked there, and I'm still friends with some of those girls. So that becomes your, quote, your college friends, because you right. met them when you were in college, right? right? Then you become a young adult. For me, I got out of school and got married immediately, and so then you have your your marriage friends yes. and your couples that you're friends with when you're married. So, you know, I could go on and on, but right. I think the idea is that different stages of our life require or call for different friendships. Right. And and you you aren't necessarily always looking for them. So there are, you know, times in your 30s, 40s, 50s, that you're probably just working or raising kids or whatever you're doing, and you come up with new friends because of your circumstance, wherever mm -hmm. you are, where you're working, what have you. So do you agree with that, that, that the different times in your life really are what give you those different groups of friends and those different tribes? Absolutely. Have you ever run into somebody at the grocery store or somewhere, and you think, you know them, you know them, you know them by name, but it's like, where do I know them from? What, I have to classify them. Do I know them from from my hometown? Do they know, right. I know them from college? Do I know them right. from my first job? Right. And you know you know them. So, so yeah, right. absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Tanya, we have had a really good discussion today, but we haven't even scratched the surface of friendships and marriage and that kind of thing. So right. I think we should carry this over to an, a second episode. I agree with you. Okay. So let's wrap this one. Let's wrap it up and, and hopefully you'll come back and listen to the second half on our friendship tribe discussion. Thanks Gershman for hosting. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Simply Authentic Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to listen to us on your favorite podcasting app.